Hey everybody, and welcome to Sight for Sword Ice, a D&D Players Club podcast. Uh, my name is Austin Roberts. And I'm Michael Hansen. And we're here to talk to you today about uh, a class that will go much better than the Ranger, uh, the Mighty Rogue. Ah, the Rogue. Have we not talked about the Rogue already? We haven't. We're going in alphabetical order, and the Rogue is the second to last episode we're going to do about the basic uh, characters. The Rogue All right. After the Ranger. And well, I love the rogue. This is definitely in your ballpark. So why don't you start us off? Oh, so the rogue. All right, I, we're we're gonna get into how, why I why I just love this class. Okay, first of all, it's any alignment, any alignment. You can just be whatever you want. It's it's awesome. D six hit die. You're a little bit on the squishy side. Not very fun. And then here's my favorite part, because this is the part that I love about this class. You're a you are the skill monkey. You are better at any skill in this game than any other character, including the bard, which is saying something. So they get eight skill points, and the next best person is the bard, six skill points, plus your intelligence modifier, obviously. And then here's the list of skills. Appraise, balance, bluff, climb, decipher script, diplomacy, disable advice, disguise, escape artist, forgery, gather information, hide, intimidate, jump, knowledge, listen, move silently, open, lock, perform... Profession, search, sense motive, sleight of hand, spot, swim, tumble, use magic device, and use rope. Huge! I think I just named every class that wasn't... Oh, and they get knowledge local. I think I skipped over that one. I think I just named every one that wasn't just like a basic knowledge skill. Yeah, basically any of the skills that aren't bizarrely specific are here. Like, I don't think they get handle animal. But they, if you're no, they don't can handle animals, so they yeah. can't do like anything you think of a savant like roguelike character doing. This character can do, and they're really, really, really good at it. They are your social character if you don't have a bard already in the party, and they're and they're not just like your innate social character. They're also like your in-city social characters. So like they're good at moving through city streets stealthily and swiftly. They're good at navigating. They're good at figuring things out. It's like the bard's just good at talking to people, but the rogue like knows everything. It's like the rogue will tell the bard like this is what you say to so and so, and then the bard figures out the best way to relay that information with their magical tongues. Is kind of how I've split them apart. Like the rogue's the practical person, and then the bard is more the specialized face character. Uh, definitely, a rogue is more of a stealth-based, while the bard is more of a charisma-based. It's kind yeah. of the biggest deal. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, so that's getting the skill class, and that's curious. my favorite part. Right. Um, basically, rogues are proficient with all simple weapons, just like. Almost every other class. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh-oh. Everyone can swing a club. Yeah, if you weren't proficient in simple weapons, it would be very difficult. You wouldn't make it through a lot. However, in addition to simple weapons, they also get a hand crossbow. Okay. A rapier, a sap, a short bow, and a short sword. Um, they're also proficient with light armor, but not shields. Now, I think the thing that I find actually kind of interesting about this, as I read it, I would have personally classed... A short sword as a simple weapon. Yeah, I think I think simple weapons are like I think it, those it I think it's considered sweet, a martial right? weapon. I think like a simple weapon's like a dagger and like a stick and like a quarterstaff. I think it's like weapons that require literally no 
no skill to use at all that like even a fibro could pick up and like do some damage but with like a sword in like actual combat you actually do have to have some finesse and some skill to kind of actually use it without also injuring yourself um so the biggest ability of the rogue and the kind of defining feature of the rogue besides the skill points is the sneak attack ability uh a rogue can uh rogue can catch the opponent's uh or can catch an opponent when he's unable to defend himself effectively from his or her attack, and can strike vital organs and extra spots for extra damage. Rogue sneak attack deals uh, the rogue's attack deals extra damage any time that her target would be denied any type of dexterity bonus to their AC. Whether the target actually has a dexterity or not, it does not matter. When the, or when the rogue is flanking, so basically if there's a guy in front of you, if, the, if like the opponent. If like your ally, sorry, if your opponent is between you and an ally, that's flanking. Uh, you get an extra d6 damage, and that goes up every two rogue levels. Uh, and should a rogue score a critical hit, the extra d6s you throw are not multiplied on. So like if you sneak attack something with a great axe, which is possible, you don't get three times all of your sneak attack dice, because then you could like crit God and just kill him, because that would be ludicrous. Because you get like I think it's like 10 d6 extra on top of whatever your normal damage would be. You took it all the way to max level. Yeah. Uh, range attacks can count as sneak attack, but only if the target is within 30 feet. Uh, with a sap or an arm strike, a rogue can make a sneak attack that deals non-lethal damage instead of lethal damage. Um, she cannot use a weapon that deals lethal damage to an, uh, that does lethal damage to deal non-lethal damage to sneak attack. Uh, a, sneak at- a rogue can only sneak attack living creatures with discernible uh, autonomies, undead constructs, oozes, plants, and corporal creatures. They don't have any vile organs, so you can't actually attack them. No this matter year, where you stab the ooze, it will still just leak ooze. It will still just leak ooze. This <laughs> this will be the last edition of D&D or D&D-based fan stuff where this would be a thing. This went away. With this edition. This was the last time that that requirement was ever there. Yeah. Uh, Which rogue... is good. It is yeah. actually an improvement into later games. Because yes. a lot of the times, it's kind of great. Like, you'll, you'll be able to sneak attack whatever you want. You kind of do all your things. You kind of go around. But then as soon as you fight a plant or a construct or an undead, which you fight a lot of undead, you, like, immediately become irrelevant. And, like... One of the arguments they had when they when they took it away in fourth edition is like if you're attacking a skeleton and you crack a skeleton in the spine, that's a vital spot on a skeleton. Yeah. Like everything has a vital spot, you just have to kind of think about it a little bit more. You know, like the same with a spine on a zombie. If you crack a spine on a zombie, the zombie can no longer move or is like moving in an incoherent way. That's a vital thing to a zombie. You find a way to incapacitate your enemy. Oh, definitely. Um, but, I mean, like, even just looking at what they had, what Austin was going over, something I'd like to point out is one of the advantages um, of the way the rogue sneak attack works is that you get it even if you're just flanking somebody, which means there's just two people standing on both sides of the target and you're one of them. Um, and the reason this is such a big advantage is because sneak attack is great. But for the first attack of all of combat... So it kind of gives the rogue a way to, like, continually do what they're supposed to do best, which is catch people in unaware spots and hit them in extra vital spots for extra damage. But they can actually do it during the combat so your rogue can be the glass cannon they're supposed to be without kind of awkwardly puttering out after the first round. Yeah, and 
that goes to another thing of like of why it says you can use a bow, but I personally as a rogue fan will never suggest using a bow because you can't get flanking with a bow. You just can't. The rules of D&D do not allow you to do that. And unless your DM's going to f- change the rules for you, you have to find a way to become stealth in the middle of combat, which is, even for like a level 20 rogue, is effectively impossible, except for a very few prestige classes, and they have to use expensive abilities that you don't want to be using like three or four times in a combat, because then you'll be out of them for the day. I don't know. I used to have, when I was playing a bard one time, and I had a follower... Um, so followers are just like characters that are lesser leveled than you and they follow you along and sometimes the DM will control them, sometimes the DM will have the players control them, it's really up to who you're playing with, but I had this little goblin that did throwing knives as his sneak attacks, that was actually you may have been part of that campaign, I don't remember. I don't remember, I don't think I was part of that campaign, but yeah, but, but yeah, but yeah. like you said Michael, like for the first round yeah. it's really effective but then try doing that sneak attack on, like, round four. Yeah. Which is, uh... So, yeah. So, yeah, here's the here's the second rogue-only ability. They have trap finding, which, thank God, this ability was given out to more people in later editions, because it's... <laughs> this, 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 was, this, was the, this is the first dumb thing about the rogue that I, I actually hate, uh, is they can... They are the only class that can search for traps. They can find magical and non-magical traps, depending on the DC... Uh, the DC starts at uh, round 20 for non-magical and 25 for magical. Uh, and basically you, 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 you can detect the trap and then you can use your disabled device to disable the trap. And the only one who can do it, it's really you're the trap guy. Which is one of my problems with 3.5 is because of this ability, you literally can't... Like, you have to have a cleric and you have to have a rogue because there are two abilities that basically exist only within these classes, and that's effective healing and trap finding. Yeah. And it's and a lot of DMs, like uh, I remember our DM for many of our games, Robert, he kind of glanced over that ability and let other people roll for traps, because that's just silly. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you have like things like what we talked about when we were doing races way back when, is, uh, like even the elf gets... Like, they can sense, like, hidden doors and stuff like that. But they can't why find can't a bear trap? trap. Yeah, like, <laughs> they why, can't see the why bear can trap? they all find the invisible magic fake brick wall, but they can't find <laughs> the freaking mouse trap, the small block of cheese, and know not to grab it? Like, it's stupid. It's yeah. kind of stupid. Yeah, it wasn't It, it was. It wasn't the best thought out. Uh, no. you, want, you want to talk about evasion? Yeah, let's get into it. So it's second level and higher. A rogue can avoid even magical and unusual attacks with greater agility. So fluff. If she makes a successful reflex saving throw against an attack that normally deals half damage on a successful save, they instead take no damage. Um, you can only use it if you're wearing light or no armor, because a rogue, anyway, because you're kind of dex-based, you're really only going to be taking um, light armor anyway. Because you want that um, dex bonus, baby. And a helpless rogue cannot gain the benefits of the evasion. So basically what this means is, um, and the best example that I can think of, is a spell Fireball. Mm-hmm. Um, which everybody and their mother, even people who haven't played D&D, can guess what the spell Fireball does. You shoot a Fireball to an area, or actually I think it just appears in D&D. Yeah, and it's, it just, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that with the Wizard and Sorcerer. Yeah, it just explodes. 
and everything in the way. Well, you get to make a reflex save. And normally, if you pass the reflex save, you only take half damage. But what's cool about this is that your rogue that's weirdly hiding or up in their face trying to flank and do their rogue-like things um, doesn't take the damage for half. So if you're willing to risk it, you can have your wizard firebomb an area while the rogue is in there. Again, if you're willing to risk it. Yeah, fireball is not the greatest spell. Uh, And uh, another evasion-like ability they get, they get trap sense. A rogue gains the intuitive sense that alerts her to the danger of traps, giving her a plus one reflex save to avoid any trap and a plus one dodge bonus against AC to... Uh, made made from traps. Uh, this bonus goes up. To, uh, this bonus will eventually go up to plus six at level eighteen, going up. What is it? Uh, at three, uh, going up. Uh, it looks like every three levels. All up to eighteen. Uh, and the trap sense bonus gained from multiple classes do stack because it's not the only. Oddly enough, the rogue is the only class that can find the traps, but they're not the only class that can dodge the traps. Not to mention a lot of um, rogue prestige classes, which is something we might be getting into, um, gain more kind of because like like I mean the best example that I give right now is the assassin. It's the good generic super rogue, and the rose the assassin I think also gets more trap sense. So it's kind of to keep the flow going with your prestige classes is the reason they state that. Mm. And then, uh, starting at 4th level, a rogue can react to danger with uncanny dodge. So, before their normal senses would allow you to do so, you can re- uh, you can react to things. Um, she retains her dexterity bonus to AC, even if she's caught flat-footed or struck by an invisible attack hour. Uh, however, she still loses her dexterity bonus to AC if immobilized. If a rogue already has uncanny dodge from a different class, she automatically gains improved uncanny dodge instead. So, basically, what this means is... The rogue is not only the best at sneaking up on people, you can't really sneak up on a rogue. Um, and that's really it. I mean, it's it's really good. Like, it's a really great ability. Um, just because you're doing a lot of sneaking and you're going to be spending your time in a lot of weird, sketchy areas as a rogue. And so if something catches you also by surprise, you don't die immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and improved in candy dodge, the ability we mentioned just a few seconds ago. It means you can't be flanked. Screw you and your screw you the other rogues and their sneak attack abilities. They're they're done. They can't do it. That's that's what this ability is. Uh, they just can't be sneak attacked, and it's actually really good uh, <laughs> because you can never get the minus two to AC by getting flanked. Like like you can be in the middle of combat and you're so agile that it doesn't matter how many enemies are around you, you're as defensive on all points as you would be any other way. Uh, any other way. Unless the attacker has four or more rogue levels higher than you. Oh, does <laughs> it say you that? Are, it oh, does. It, it does. Oh. The inferior acrobat, you can be snuck attack flanked. Oh, boy. Which very rarely happens, um, especially because most of the time, if you're... Most of the time, uh, players will only be fighting. A lot of DMs will just use the monster manuals and stuff, so you're not fighting other players anyway. So that already is a pretty rare situation, but a lot of people like to do it. And if your DM cares about making your campaign possible, they're almost definitely not going to make the opponents four more levels higher than you. 
Because the only time that's practical would be like if you're level one and they make a level five boss for some reason. However, a level five boss would instantly one hit just about everybody in your party anyway, so it'd be a shitty boss for a level one campaign. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the only time you do that is like, I think like a level like five campaign could take like a level like three or nine, like like level eight or nine boss. Maybe. But you'd have to have you'd have to be up there. And it'd have to be a boss. Like, it'd have to be, like, your five party members versus this one dude who's level nine. It might have to be two just to give him the ability to actually do the flanking. Because a rogue without any flanking or sneak might not be that great. Yeah, like, you'd have to have some higher thing. Uh, And so now we're going to get on to the rogue special abilities. It's actually called that. These are some of the most useless things in D&D. Most, I, I would say useless, but least used things in D&D. Because pretty much everybody who plays a rogue will prestige class out of a rogue before they get to level 10. Because yeah. the rogue's prestige classes are bonkersly good. Oh, they're so much more fun than, oh, than just, just being a rogue. All right. Uh, so we have Crippling Strike. So uh, at 10th level... 13, 16, and 19, you get to pick one of these abilities. Uh, Crippling Strike. A rogue with this ability can sneak attack opponents with such precision that her blows weaken and hamper them. An opponent damaged by a sneak attack also takes two points of strength damage. Ability points lost to uh, to this damage return to their owner at the rate of one point per day for each damaged ability. This would be great if there wasn't a level 10 wizard spell that said kill target. So, (laughs) like... Level 9 spell. And you can't use level 9 spells to your level 18. 17. 17 is the first time you can use a, that that spell. Killing word. No, I'm not talking about killing word. Uh, level 7 spell, Finger of Death. You would have to be level four, uh, 13 to use that. Ah, my mistake then. Yeah, a wizard is... You have to take the level of spell times by 2 minus 1, and that's when a wizard can know it. And it's times two for a sorcerer. But but we'll get into that. No. Either way, there's a lot better things to be doing at level 10. Yes, yes that's that's Michael's point. Uh, but defensive roll, I've actually never read this one. Um, I don't know. I've never made it past level, like, six on a rogue. I was asking you to read defensive roll. So, the rogue can roll with a potentially lethal blow to take less damage from it than she would otherwise. Once per day, when she would be reduced to zero or fewer hit points by damage in combat, the rogue attempt... Uh, can attempt to roll with the damage. To use this, the rogue must attempt a reflex save. If the save succeeds, she takes only half damage. Uh, only half the damage below. If it fails, they take full. Um, she must be aware of the attack and able to react in order to execute defense roll. She is denied her dex or AC. They can't use it. This effect would normally allow her to make a reflex save for half damage. The rogue's evasion ability does not apply to the defensive roll. So basically, this is very mediocre. <laughs> um... And the reason is, one, you can only do it once per day, which is pretty mediocre. It would be okay if it was like, oh, you're about to die, and you could roll to negate all of the damage. But you're kind of put in this like weird situation where like, even if you're at only like 10 health, what if the thing you're fighting is a big? It hits you. You'll take 20. Even if you take half, you still die. Like, yeah. there's just very few situations where this will actually matter, will save you, and if it saves you, you won't need it immediately again. <laughs> yeah, because, like, 
uh, like let's take Michael's scenario. Like, and let's say it's it's ten damage, and then you're at five hit points. The thing that's capable of doing ten to twenty hit points is still right next to you, and still wants you to die, and will swing the next round. And if you try to get out of its way, it swings at you again. I would say let's even use like hypothetically it full rounds. It almost kills you with your its first hit. Great. It's got three more coming. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're probably still going to die to this thing. So it's it's just uh, it, this is so not worth taking. <laughs> all right, improved evasion. This is barely worse like evasion, except that the rogue still takes no damage on a, on a successful saving throw. Henceforth, she takes only half damage on a failed saving throw. So basically, you don't get hit by AOEs, or and if you do, you only take half. That's not so bad. It's doable. But, but no, it's it, it is bad because if you're playing a rogue, you have insanely high dex, and you get and you get the highest ability in your uh, in your reflex save because you're because you're a rogue class. So you're going to be saving like ninety percent of all your reflex saves, anyways. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's completely all right, then useless. we've got opportunist once per round. Honestly, guys, I, just to take a quick like pause here. Uh, this is my first time even reading these skills. I don't know about Austin because he plays a lot of Rogue. But even just till now, I haven't even realized. I have never seen out of years of playing a single like person take a Rogue to the level where you're no. getting these abilities. Why would you? Just become an assassin. Just become a nightblade. Become anything. A shadow it's... dancer. A shadow dancer is my go-to. Shadow dancers are awesome. The point is it's... Even, I know that we're even... talking a lot of shit on these abilities, guys. But that's what a Rogue is. It's not a level 11 to 20. You're only taking it to 10. It's like a bard in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, and, like, even the, the crappy uh, Monty Bank, like, the, the classes that are, like, I'm just a weird roleplay class are better than these. Uh, but, yeah. Skill... I would rather take a swashbuckler. <laughs> That's a terrible class. Don't do that ever. Uh, opportunist is what we're on. Uh, opportunist. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, this attack counts as the rogue's attack of opportunity per round. Even a rogue with combat reflexes can't... Wait, what? Once per round, the rogue can make an attack of opportunity against an opponent who has been struck for melee damage by another character. So basically, if you're flanking somebody and they hit somebody, you get to get a free attack on that person as well. You kind of gang up on him. Oh, that's this... pretty cool. That's actually useful. That's actually good. No, that is actually a really good one. That's actually... Wow, that's... And that's once per round. That's not like once per day. Like, like... And and it says and think about this you you can do your attack your opponent hits your ally hits them and if your ally is flanking them that's two sneak attacks around you yeah this yeah, is a yeah. reason to go to level thir- to go to level ten as a rogue because you're gonna get this and then you're probably gonna move the hell on with your life <laughs> choose this, this one and then at eleven this is on. the first one that's like I would I would honestly take this as a feat if it was offered to me. That's how good this is. Wow. I need to start taking my rogues to level 10. Like, every time. So next we have skill mastery. And this one is interesting because it usually gets house ruled over. So the rogue becomes so certain in the use of their skills that they can reliably reliably use them. Upon gaining the ability, um, the, she selects a number of skills equal to 3 plus her intelligence modifier. And when making a skill check, you can just take 10 instead of actually rolling. So this is great. Because you can do it during combat, you can do it all, you know, in these situations. The reason that I'm saying that it normally gets house ruled over is because there's kind of this, like, unspoken rule that it doesn't apply to combat. And it doesn't apply to actual tent situations, which is where, of course, this ability is superior. But if you're, like, just in a town 
and you're just trying to like cook a meal, most DMs will just let you do the take 10 rule, which is just take a 10 on the dice. You're sitting, you have no pressure, it's not a big deal, take an average roll. And so it's a little redundant, but it can come in handy when it happens. I just don't know if I could say when, because you only get to take 10 on skills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Slippery Mind, basically you get a sa- you get an extra save against mind-altering effects that are enchantments. I would like bad. to point out, though, that the description of this says that the rogue's ability to wriggle free. <laughs> to wriggle free. <laughs> Carry on, Austin. <laughs> I don't know if I can now. Um, but yeah, so so there's that. So yeah, they, so basically, if you fail the enchantment, the next one, you can try it again at the same DC with no extra biases or bonuses for time and etc. So like you just you, you you just get an extra time, which isn't bad. This is this yeah. is this is this is fine. Like this is a fine feat. That's kind of the problem is that it's. It's fine, and that's it. <laughs> that's kind of the issue. It's fine. And then last but not least, a feat. A rogue may gain a bonus feat in place of any ability. So basically, you have a chance to get four additional feats. So basically, you get a chance to be a fighter. But you Oh, actually... did I say that out loud? Yeah. But <laughs> unlike with our last class, there's actually enough reason and enough speciality to this class that it isn't so specialized, because like you could sneak attack most things in the game. Yeah. And... Yeah. You're the skill monkey above and beyond anybody else. You can be good at every skill. Like aside from knowledges, you can pretty much equal anybody else because you have so many eight per level. Eight plus your intelligence modifier. So like the average rogue is getting ten skill points a a, a level. Like yeah, you're gonna have like ten to eleven maxed out skills. Is what it is. Yeah, I mean you're gonna be jumping. You're gonna be bluffing. You're gonna be bribing. Yeah, bribing people, you're going to be diplomacy, you're going to be uh, wiggling things out, and you're going to be using my favorite ability, my favorite skill in the entire world of D&D, only because of its description, you get to you get use magical device, which yeah. is hysterical. It's the funniest ability ever, and actually leads me to one of my original campaigns I played in 5 We had a wizard, and my rogue did not get along with them, at all, and he had the staff that he really liked, and he claimed that the staff would only obey him because he was the only magic user in the party. He's the only arcane. He's like, nobody can use this. Nobody can use this staff. And I literally grabbed his staff and used my mental will to lie to the staff that I was a wizard too, and was able to cast, I think it was like, I think it was just like a magic missile at like a pot. was like all I managed to do that's all I really wanted to do, but yeah, I managed to shoot missiles out of a pot and break something open, and be like, "Ha I've got your staff now, man!" Bah, 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 bah. Lovely. And yeah, <laughs> simple, simple little things like that are what's capable of the rogue. And obviously, there's um, one of my favorites that I wasn't part of the campaign, but I did get to witness this because I was in the same room as the campaign. Uh, this rogue needed to break into this building. He broke into the building and stole the magical amulet of the king, and he had a mask on, and the king came up and saw him, and he said, what are you doing in my house? You need to get out of here, and he yelled, I am the magical dancing pantsing fairy, pantsed him and the queen, and then jumped out and <laughs> escaped through the rafters of the city, 
up to the base, holding the ammo the whole time, yelling, I pantsed you, I pantsed you, I pantsed you. This is the greatest. And the DM didn't want this to happen, didn't want this to succeed, and says, the only possible way I'm going to let you succeed on this is if you roll a 20. And the guy goes, fine, that sounds fine to me, rolls natural 20 on the dice, and goes, ha ha ha! <laughs> I am the magic pantsing fairy. I am the magic pantsing fairy. And Jesus. runs out the window. And my the magic game I was in with Bill and Justin ended because we both, neither, none, of, none of us could stop laughing at what had just happened. God. Do you have any fun rogue stories, Michael? Well, I was when I first think of it, I think of that weird foot fetish gnome I had. But I believe I already told that story when we were talking about gnomes and or halflings. So... Let me think about rogues. Mm, I actually can't. I can't think of one off the top of my head. My rogue, I normally play rogues, and I see rogues. Um, and this is part of the problem that I've had, because rogues have really cool potential, and they're really fun, but they're really easy to kind of pigeonhole into one type of thing, because that's what they are, you know? They're the stealthy, sneak attacky. They are. That kind of thing. That is and true. And so... As great as all the things I've heard, they're all roughly in that same ballpark where it's like, oh, the rogue snuck something. Um, and that's not to say that's bad. That's awesome. Just I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, what I, <laughs> what I do to rogues to make them interesting is I try to make them like they're kind of like the devious businessmen of the group. Oh, okay. And their creativity comes within the role-playing and not so much the base paper because on paper – all rogues are, like Michael said, they're basically the same, but it's what you do with them in the campaign and their personalities because rogue personalities are so diverse because they range from lawful good characters all the way to chaotic evil. So there's a there's a very wide dynamic that you, that you can be a part of. That's a challenge to anybody listening. I would love to hear the stories. Um, if you want to comment on this or something, I don't actually fully understand SoundCloud. But uh, you can comment on iTunes or SoundCloud. Ah, comment on this because I want to hear anybody who has any story of a lawful good rogue. <laughs> I have none. I feel there... like I gotta know what that feels like. This is like it's against lawful good code of ethics to sneak attack, right? No, Protect it's not. Not it's, it's like not, it's not necessarily against them to be uh, like, for example, a spy is any is any alignment. It just, right. You just have to you just have to adhere to a moral code. You just have to be doing the nice thing for like the best reasons, I guess. Either way, I would just absolutely love to hear what the hell you did with that. <laughs> like so any please. rogue story, like any rogue story, please. Like I love hearing people's D and D character stories. Like I could sit at a bar. I have sat at a I bar sit. with Michael many times, <laughs> talking about our various. D and D characters and campaigns, and I'll never forget my favorite vampire hunter. Ah. <laughs> uh, wait, is that the one we actually played in the campaign that I ran? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. We, we cannot uh, get into that because we'll never shut up about it. The point just... is, this was the worst character in existence, <laughs> and I almost killed the party like six times. It was bad. It was bad. All right. Well, thank all you right. so much for watching. Uh, remember to like and comment on soundcloud and on itunes and uh yeah yeah tell, tell people about it tell people about uh cypress or dice we got some cool things coming down the pipeline yeah if there's anything specifically also you want to hear you want to you know you want us to talk about you want us to look at 
whether it's D&D or just kind of like tabletop in general and it fits into our vein, feel free to shoot us a thing. Uh, when I say thing, I mean message, comment, whatever, and maybe we'll yeah. give it a whirl. <laughs> All right. See you guys next time for the last two classes. All right, Bye, everybody. Bye.